0: Gentlemen, boys, and girls, Tokyo Disneyland proudly presents our most spectacular pageant of nighttime dreams and fantasy in millions of sparkling lights. Hello, welcome to the Wandering in Disney podcast. I'm Andrew Long, uh, founder of WanderinginDisney.com, and I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa, today. Hello! We're giving you a... Uh, well, I don't know if it'll be quick. It'll probably be a little shorter than other ones, especially last week. But a, a Thanksgiving podcast, um, we're going to go through some of our favorite underappreciated things in each Disney park that we've been to, um, and, and yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, before that, there was some pretty big news this week, or in, I mean, there's been a lot of news in the last few months, but we haven't really covered it too much, um, mainly because it's all—I uh, mean, it's all pandemic-related, and mm-hmm. and things are just changing, seemingly every week we haven't been podcasting regularly or uh just started back on the site uh regularly so yeah we haven't covered a lot of news but uh but we'll jump in with two items today the first of which is uh park hopping is coming back to Walt Disney World starting in at the beginning of 2021 on the new year um ever since it Ever since Disney World reopened, it's been one park a day. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there for that, and uh, it wasn't really a big deal. Um, it wasn't. If, if we had been there for more than four days, it might have been a bigger deal to me. But uh, but on its own, it was one park a day. We went through to all the parks, got close to everything we wanted done, mm-hmm. and, then, uh, and then that was it. Um, but it's another step. In the getting back to normal direction, um, and uh, and every other time we've gone to Disney World, I think we've done park hopping. Right? Is that yeah. true for you too? I think it is. Um, so uh, no, my first, first time, time to no. Disney
1: World was not a park hopper. But, yeah. Uh,
0: um. obviously, it's a it's a big, uh, um, uh, like it's a big draw draw of Disney World how mm-hmm. convenient it is to go to all four you can just hop on a bus and spend the night spend the evening in Epcot uh, after spending the day in Animal Kingdom or things like that mm-hmm. it's a big draw so having it back is is nice um, in the current system uh, with reduced capacity and all of that I don't know exactly how it all will work um, but uh, I'm excited to have it back. Yeah. And like I said, uh, step in the right direction. If you're looking to save money, I I would say that one, especially if you're only going four or five days, one park a day is going to be just fine, though. Yes, definitely. And, uh, and I don't know if park hopping is worth the cost to you at that point. So um, something to uh, think about, something to... Uh, evaluate as you make vacation plans and and all of that for the next year. Um, but we're excited that park hopping is back. The other big piece of news this week is that uh, imagine longtime Imagineer, I think of forty years, Joe Rohde who created um, Animal Kingdom, uh, Pandora. After that, and. Uh, worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, the Mission Breakout, and California Adventure, along with numerous other projects, is retiring, or even has retired, it seems like. Um, the, yeah, a pretty big piece of news if you're a big Disney fan who's who's pretty plugged into uh, the theme park community. If, if you are just kind of a like to go to the parks and, and don't care about this thing, then it probably doesn't matter to you too much. But Joe rody is kind of the last in the line of those celebrity Imagineers in the lines of Mark Davis and and uh, countless others mm-hmm. over the years that worked with Walt. Joe rody never worked with Walt Disney, but he has had his um, hand on so many big projects over the last... Uh, two or three decades that uh, he's a celebrity of sorts in Disney circles mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Uh, Animal Kingdom is a marvel and and is his baby and he had a plan and and stuck with it and it's made uh, Disney World much better because of it. Um, he is a visionary and, and I think has a boatload of personality to go with it and i think that probably plays into his his um celebrity a little bit mm-hmm. uh, In that you recognize the face because he's got those long dangly earrings and yep. and um but but yeah it's sad to see him go he's he's been a bright light another in, in an otherwise kind of dormant time of imagineering especially in the early 2000s and Uh, up until the last few years when there have been, there has been more, uh, built and and more projects, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how they fill that void and, and if Imagineering kind of takes a step back in terms of public appearance because of it, but, um, yeah, he's obviously a great creator, a great artist, and, and, uh, I imagine we'll see him around plenty, but, uh, but sad uh, to see him not working with the Disney company anymore.
1: Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. I uh, I remember when I saw that post this week. It was it was a little sad, but also good for him. Yeah. It's always good to reach that point of retirement, and I'm glad that we've had him for as long as we did. So. Gotcha. So that was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna jump into the topic. Um, like we said, might be a shorter show today, because there's only two of us. But, um, but yeah, we're going to start, like I said, we're going to go through each, each park that we've been to, which is all of Disney World, all of Disneyland, and all of Tokyo Disney Resort. Um, we're going to start in Disney World and just go in order of when the parks were created. So, uh, so, yeah, we'll start with Magic Kingdom, and I'll let you go first, Melissa.
1: Alrighty, sounds good. Um, my first underrated or underappreciated attraction from Magic Kingdom, I chose Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Um, I feel like, at least with the Disneyland one, the Dole Whip is right in front, and you get your Dole Whip and walk right into the Tiki Room. The Dole Whip in Magic Kingdom is more off to the side and not as predominant of, you get your dollop, you walk into the Tiki Room like you would in Disneyland. So I feel like the Tiki Room in Magic Kingdom just doesn't get enough love. Um, I think that the outside queue is still pretty fun. It's less of um, uh, less of like an oasis like the one in Disneyland is, but there's just more room. Um, and they still have that fun little pre-show of like the waterfall and the Tikis coming to life at different times while you're waiting to enter into the Tiki Room. And I just think it's a... It's just... There are so many details that go into that one dark attraction. I just think it's really impressive. Yeah. And I just have always enjoyed it, so...
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, is that... I can't remember. Is the, the Magic Kingdom one is longer than the Disneyland one? I'm pretty sure.
1: I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I can't remember for sure. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off yours. This isn't my actual one, but... But Magic Kingdom has a decent amount of these older shows: uh, Tiki Room, Country Bear Jamboree, mm-hmm. Carousel of Progress. They're all they're all great and um, worth your time. And Definitely. like you said, underappreciated. You you hardly ever have to wait in line to get into any of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my pick of Magic Kingdom, I'm gonna go with uh, kind of an off the wall one: uh, the transition between lands is something that Magic Kingdom really excels at. I'm going to give you a few of my favorite transitions. Some are better than others, but uh, these are a few of my favorites. From Main Street into Adventureland is very pretty. You have the the Crystal Palace. As you walk down Main Street, on the far left is the Crystal Palace. And uh, when you're looking just straight, straight at it, it's... Uh, beautiful Victorian building, just gorgeous. And then as you walk towards Adventureland, uh, the building itself stays the same, but you can start to see the the vegetation and then the plant life change to the kind of overgrown, um, kind of taking over that side of the building. And then you cross into the, uh, cross into the bridge into the South Pacific architecture, or, or even South American architecture, um, and that that leads all the way through Adventureland until we get to uh, Caribbean Plaza, where Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, located, um, and Pirates of the Caribbean gets a bad rap in uh, in Magic Kingdom, and, and probably rightfully so. It's much worse than it's um, than it's Disneyland or Tokyo Disneyland or really any other uh, resort's counterpart. But that area is very pretty and another significant change from, you went from probably South American, maybe Central American architecture to, to I already mentioned it, but South Pacific architecture and into this Caribbean style, um, almost like a fort area. And this is, you're kind of climbing up from the South America up into North America because if you follow this path around you get into the wild west of North America and uh, and it's uh, it's all just so uh, artistically done and uh, sim- uh, you would never notice it if you're just walking through and going from ride to ride but it's taking guests on a journey and does it um, in, a, in a very easy on the eyes style and it um, does it architecturally very well. Uh, one last one is, and I guess we just kind of keep going around, you follow Frontierland along the water and and you're going, um, again this is kind of Wild West uh, Frontier obviously, um, and then you're going towards Fantasyland uh, and this is kind of a hop across the Atlantic Ocean to, to uh, it's hard to say what century, probably 18th century, 19th century Europe and there's a, because uh, we go from Frontierland to Liberty Square obviously going from what the Western United States to the Eastern United States to the Colonies and then from the Colonies to, to Europe um, and there's some very subtle differences, um, even Columbia Harbor House, which is a restaurant, just at the beginning of Fantasyland. If you're co- if you're coming from Frontierland, even the signage is different and little in the entrances, um, showcasing uh, the transition from from America to Europe, essentially. Um, and then and then we're into uh, probably a Northern European architecture in Fantasyland, a little bit all over the place but but it's very uh very well done very mm-hmm. pretty and uh very well thought out so
1: that was a good one because not very many people really pay attention to those transitions like I know like our my first few times going through like yes I the park was beautiful but I never really thought about how the park transitioned in those ways yeah so that's a that's a very good one thank you mm-hmm.
0: all right we'll move over to Epcot uh, honorable mention for Magic Kingdom. I don't remember the name of it. You're better with snacks than I am, but I think it's like the Peter Pan float in Magic uh, Kingdom. I think that is what it's called. The and Peter Pan float. It's like float. Sprite it's with lime soft serve. Soft serve in it, and it's um, pretty good.
1: Yeah, and at the same place you can get um, the Lost Princess cone. That yeah, one's one of my also favorites. Very good. That's the lemon soft serve, and then it even has edible flowers on it. Which yeah, is really fun. Looks like Rapunzel's braid. Um, I think it's what is that place called?
0: Oh. It's uh, right
1: next to the Friar's Nook.
0: I'll find it. You, uh, but. We'll move on to Epcot and I'll, um, yeah. I'll Say. Storybook um, Treats?
1: Yes, that's it. That's it. Yep. Um, Alright, so moving on to Epcot. For me, I decided to go with the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the three caballeros that can be found in the Mexican Pavilion, or the Mexico Pavilion. Um, that's the first pavilion you hit when you start going around World Showcase to your left. Um, It's inside of the pyramid which already that's pretty cool. Um, You get to go through the marketplace that they have set up in there um, to then get on to the boat ride that's um, pretty similar to like how It's a Small World runs on a boat. Um, So it's the boat ride that goes through the Three Caballeros journey through South America. What's not to love about that? Um, It's got fun and adventure. Um, Donald does some silly things. There's fireworks. It's just all sorts of exciting.
0: It's, it's pretty zany.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The beginning's really pretty as you uh, boat through San Angel Inn. There's the, the volcano and the restaurant's on your right. The volcano's on your left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the screens in it are a little weird. Um, a little bit like the movie, honestly. It's a yeah. very strange movie. Uh, also, a little strange that it is kind of uh, South America, Central America, and we're in the Mexico Pavilion. But um, those are those are the problems with it. It's a really um, relaxing ride. It is without a line, which is hard to find in Epcot.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a nice place to cool down when yeah. it's a hot day because it's all inside.
0: And uh, the animatronics at the ends that they've added. I don't know how many years ago now, probably three or four. Um, the, those are a great touch. And yeah. uh yeah, it's a it's a really fun ride. Definitely the most underappreciated in Epcot, I think. Yeah. Um we both went with Attractions in Epcot. Um, I went with Impressions de France. Such a good one. <laughs> if you've listened to us uh talk about Epcot before or if you've read the blog very much. Uh, you'll know that I'm a huge Impressions de France fan. It's my favorite attraction in Epcot. Um, sadly, it's splitting time in that theater with the Beauty and the Beast sing along right now, but uh, but it's well worth your time. It's it. I've never been to France. Melissa has, mm-hmm. um, but uh, in my mind, it's it's a very romantic, um, idealized country uh for for tourists anyway and uh that film when I think of when I think of France is uh, it totally embodies embodies the country and it's just uh romanticism and Mm -hmm. and and just the bustling from the bustling cafes in Paris to like the quiet countryside it it kind of uh, uses it all to to even the artistry and and like the score, and it takes the time to showcase all of it, and it's just a beautiful film.
1: It really is beautiful, and you leave there feeling good too. Yeah, just <laughs> yes, because you do. just makes you happy. It's beautiful. It just brings you to this very peaceful place.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, I mean, you want you leave and you want to go to France, exactly, which is the goal of all of those films, but. Uh, that one is far that more one successful does it. yep
1: most definitely
0: yeah. Uh, yeah it's very pretty.
1: It's a good one.
0: Uh, any other Epcot ones that you want to throw out? I uh this isn't under appreciated probably, but just going to Fran- the France pavilion at night seeing that grabbing some ice cream, just sitting in that back area is is wonderful. But,
1: yeah, it really is.
0: Likewise, the uh, the back alleys of the Morocco Pavilion are gorgeous and fun yeah. to walk around. And, yeah, the shops are yeah a little more interesting than other shops, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Very detail-oriented. Yeah. It's really fun to walk through that area. Yeah. Um, and then the only other one I can think of is probably the Japanese Gardens and the Japan Pavilion. Yeah, those are gorgeous. Um, in the just in that back there, they've got a koi pond, a waterfall. It's just mm-hmm. a really beautiful place to walk through.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And grab a bite to eat and sit back there, too.
0: We'd mentioned something in Future World, but... Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> we were there not too long ago, and I still don't really know what's in Future World. So <laughs> well, we'll leave that one alone for now. All right, uh, Hollywood Studios.
1: All right, moving on. Um, so for Hollywood Studios everybody should probably knows about the brown derby but what i don't think a lot of people know about is the brown derby lounge which you don't have to have a reservation for or they don't even take reservations i don't think no um but it's just a walk up that's right outside of the brown derby um which is just a very fancy eatery there and um it's just really good i think you can get the full menu if you want to
0: if not, y- yes, I yeah. believe you can.
1: You can get the full brown derby menu out there, but then you can also just get smaller bites and appeti- appetizers yeah. <laughs> um, there as well. We've gone before, and we've just shared a couple appetizers and best the sliders uh-huh.
0: and uh, the Cobb salad, mm-hmm. both excellent so yeah. far. Close to counter service prices, but just the difference in quality is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Startling, almost.
1: Yes. It's uh, definitely high up there on places you should try to go eat in Hollywood Studios since they don't have a ton of good options. No, they don't. Um, but yeah. So if you don't quite have the budget to go do the actual Brown Derby, try the Brown Derby Lounge. It's still an exciting place to try. Yeah, probably um,
0: 15 around 15 to $20 for the smaller plates. Although, I, I mean, they're enough to fill you up. We call them smaller plates, but... Really, the sliders like, will fill you up. Or, yes, exactly. <laughs> or the Cobb salad will fill you up. So, yeah, no, a great one. Uh, maybe my favorite place to eat, if we consider value, in uh, in Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might like it even better than the inside portion of the restaurant. Um, for my Hollywood Studios pick, I'm gonna go with Echo Lake at night. Echo Lake doesn't really have any attractions. Um, doesn't really have a lot going on. There's a few restaurants over there, but, uh, but it's the most serene part of Hollywood Studios and especially once it hits night, nighttime, um, there's just no one over there and the California crazy architecture mixed with the neon lights and, and then the, the Chinese theater and the foreground well no I guess more of the background with the with the boat in the foreground there's a really pretty setting and and a nice place to just sit and relax or go take pictures for a little bit or just just take a few minutes to get away from the hustle and bustle of Hollywood Studios because that place can get a little overcrowded just with the park layout and mm-hmm. all that um it's uh yeah it's a Gorgeous place, and I I really enjoy uh, just ending the evening there. Yeah. Um. Af- even after park hours, i I tend to go that way and and take pictures over there as opposed to some of the other bigger sites in Hollywood Studios. Um. Yeah. It. Uh. Not to mention Dinosaur Gertie. At this time of year, Santa Gertie is over there, and uh, he is he is wonderful.
1: He is, truly is. Yep, it's a great pick.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to animal kingdom.
1: All right, um, the for animal kingdom, I chose the boneyard in, of all places, Dino Land.
0: Yeah, check out our last episode <laughs> of exactly. the podcast.
1: Um, but I feel like the boneyard is kind of forgotten sometimes. I think it's one of the best parts of Dino Land. Again, check out the last podcast to no, know my true views on DinoLand. They aren't the best, but, <laughs> um, but I do still enjoy the Boneyard. I, it's a fun play area for kids to be able to get out of their strollers, to run around while the parents are sitting around. Um, we've even gone in without children. Um, apparently, uh, previous podcast members, or from the previous podcast, uh, have mentioned that there's apparently an age limit. I, we've never actually seen that posted, but... It's a fun area to just go and explore. Um, they have areas where you can dig for dinosaur bones, and it's just a fun interactive area for kids. And I kind of think it's forgotten sometimes.
0: Yeah, awesome playground. Yeah, it's a great, great place to go uh, hang out if you have kids. Yeah. Um, some shade over there if you're a mm-hmm. parent who doesn't want to climb around on a playground.
1: Exactly. Um, and it's all contained too, so the kids can just go run.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. my pick for Animal Kingdom is the Tree of Life Gardens if you're walking into Animal Kingdom towards the Tree of Life and you hang uh, not a sharp left towards Pandora but but towards Africa just a slight left around the tree um, you pass the Otter Grotto which will be on your right and then you hit the Tree of Life Gardens which are... um, it's uh, there's a few animal exhibits and then it just takes you around under um, well and by the tree of life you can uh, see the animal uh, uh, carvings up close and it's uh, picturesque. It's a beautiful place to just stop and and explore. Stop and see which animals you can find. We've done it. So many times with so many people of just stopping and, Hey, look at that one. Look at mm-hmm. that animal. Look at, th-. and it's, a, it's for some reason, endlessly entertaining. It really um, is. There's a waterfall that you can walk behind. Um, a few animal exhibits. I think there's a big turtle, um, a few other ones, but it's, it's just really, really pretty. And a part of what makes animal kingdom unique and that there's so many little paths to explore, and and um, that you won't find on the attraction list, but you can just enjoy on your own and and take the time to um, see the park as it's meant to be seen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah. I, that's a fun one. I would absolutely uh, not miss this. This is definitely not uh, one of the prettiest parts of Animal Kingdom, if not. All of Disney World.
1: Yeah. Um, I did have one honorable mention for Animal Kingdom. Um, I don't really know if it's underrated or underappreciated. I just felt it needed to be said because I really want one right now. And it's the Mandarin Orange Lemonade that you can get at Flame Tree Barbecue. Yeah. Best drink. It
0: is. It is very good. Yeah. Uh, We talk about this one all the time, but I'll mention Maharaja Jungle Trek, which is another uh, path this one featuring far more animals. It's, it's close to a zoo exhibit, except way prettier. So um, do that, too. It's yeah. it's wonderful.
1: Grab a lemonade. Go walk the path. Yeah. It's one of our favorite to-do Although was. I'm
0: not sure you can take drinks onto oh, yeah, that right. path. You but, can't anymore. Uh, go walk on the Tree of Life Gardens Path with your lemonade. Then go to the Animal Yes. Path. Yep. All right. We'll head over to uh, Disneyland Resort. and well, Yeah, we'll start with Disneyland
1: alright alright so for Disneyland um, I chose something from Fantasyland and this is the storybook canal boats Um, this is in the back part of uh, Fantasyland right across from uh, the teacups Um, but you start in a boat and you get to uh, you go and you drive through a whale and you come out into storybook land and there's these little villages from all of the different stories that you've grown that we've grown up knowing or that you've heard about from the disney stories you go through the big whale that's from pinocchio into an underground grotto where you get to see the little mermaid and you've got you run into aladdin and genie and the lamp and then it goes as you go around you'll see other things like Mr. Toad's house eventually you'll see Arendelle Um, you see all of the different castles it's just a fun um different way to see the stories that you've always known come to life just in miniature form and then it's always exciting when on like the Neverland path or like the the garden that's in London that's supposed to take you to Neverlander. Yeah. Something like that when a giant duck is in the miniature. Always really exciting it too. It is. <laughs> uh,
0: maybe my favorite part of the attraction when yeah. there's a, just a duck sitting in one of these uh, kingdoms. Beautifully manicured yeah.
1: kingdoms. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of think that that one's a little bit forgotten um, and just there's so much detail that goes into every part of that and it's I feel like every time I go on it something new's been added like the last time they'd add air, they had added arendelle and elsa's ice palace and yeah it's just kind of fun it's an easy way to add in any new fandom yeah without actually having to replace anything as well
0: any favorite time of day to go on this
1: um probably at dusk uh it can't get too dark because then you can't really see anything because there aren't a lot of spotlights but right as the sun's kind of going down i think it's probably one of my favorite times yeah to where you can still see everything and It's just very
0: nice early in the morning good time too too. it's really really pretty in the early morning light or in the uh, like you like you mentioned at sunset Uh, i'm not going too far from there i i really like the walkway from tomorrowland uh, to fantasyland Uh, it's right along the the water past the submarines and then the matterhorn will be on your left Uh, this is the old it's kind of the Skyway area, and it's really pretty once you get past Autopia. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the submarines. Mainly, I l- I like the how unique it is, but it's not the most uh, fun attraction, I don't think. But uh, it is really pretty uh, with all the, especially at night with all the colors um, coming out of the water, and then the Matterhorn is. Uh, beautiful to look at any time of day there's uh also the the monorail going overhead and there's some benches right along the right under the monorail track um that are nice to sit in and and just uh soak in the atmosphere usually there's not a lot of people back here and it's one of the quieter parts of disneyland i yeah i really enjoy it the uh uh, the area, it's. I mentioned the transitions in Magic Kingdom. It's. I wouldn't call it like a great transition or anything, but it's an easy one to look at going from the water and the submarines to the uh, to the mountain mm-hmm. on your left. It, it's uh Yeah, it's a nice, nice little uh, place to look. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I like it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think you can see a waterfall too. Yeah.
0: Is that on our side? Uh. Well, no, the Matterhorn Waterfall. Yeah. Uh. Well, the main I ones on the two. other side, but there are there are multiple. So, mm-hmm. I think you can see one. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. It's yeah. Very nice. A few more from Disneyland. I I like anything along the river, and they're. Well, if you just wanna, if you're an attraction, type of person, um, then, like, uh, they're. The they're probably all overlooked um the riverboat is fantastic it's a beautiful ride Tom Sawyer Island is great I read about that a few days ago and in, in my trip report and uh, and the canoes are surprisingly yeah. fun albeit a little bit of a challenge but mm-hmm. but they are a great time even even adding in the train that goes along the rivers of America there it's a beautiful part of the park and one that's not as explored as others, mainly because it's not a thrill ride or anything that's going to jump out and grab you.
1: Mhm. No, it's a good one. I didn't really have anything else written down, but those there's, are all great.
0: There's a uh, bench way back in New Orleans Square uh, within all the shops. Um, just, just that little area with all the shops in New Orleans mm. Square. I'm not sure it's underappreciated at all, but it's a Great place to just sit and enjoy the atmosphere or to shop if you're not like me and yeah. prefer shopping over sitting. And there's also I really like the animal carvings in Critter Country. There's a few outside of Hungry Bear. There's some animal carvings into benches in uh, deep deep within critter country. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are all fun too.
1: The transition between Critter Country and Galaxy's Edge is pretty fantastic as well. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. Again, I don't know if that's underappreciated because it's all still new, so I'm sure everyone still loves it, but...
0: Yep. Yeah, it's great. It is. All right, California Adventure. This was the uh, hardest one for me.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Because I knew you took one right away.
1: Yeah. Um so i'm going to go with the golden zephyr in california adventure um this is right there along the pier um around that lake there in animal paradise pier yeah right around paradise pier in california adventure uh it's the long metal sled type looking things yeah that start going kind of like the swings you start it starts spinning and then you fly around it's a surprisingly very relaxing ride of just how easily it circles around um but it's also a fun way to see paradise pier in that whole area it is um it is beautiful at night with all of the lights um with the boardwalk lights that are all along paradise pier uh, but it's still nice during the day too um i think when we went on it there was it was a uh, the chinese new year so there was a a parade with Mulan coming along as we were on it, so it was kind of fun to see that parade from up there. Definitely. Um, or that procession. Uh, so it's just it just gives you the different perspective from being up high, seeing that area in a different spot.
0: Yeah. That whole area, Pixar Pier and Paradise Pier, I don't remember if that's what they're called anymore. Um, but uh, that whole area is a little confused as far as an identity, but that, that one attraction is a nice vestige to the uh, to the old Pierce of uh, i don't know probably the 30s 40s maybe a little later than that it, yeah it's just simple and and really pretty and if you catch it at the right time around sunset it's a gorgeous ride
1: yeah
0: you did not take the one i thought you were going to so i'm going to say it uh, the animation academy and california adventure is a blast Mm -hmm. always no matter if you can draw or not um it's a it's probably 20 25 minute drawing class where they teach you how to draw uh, a disney character it depends on what time you go and they'll they'll have different characters throughout the day that you draw the uh the teacher is always um interesting and fun to listen to and uh, uh, he or she will walk you through drawing this character. Um, I mean, if you can draw even a little bit, then they'll probably help you quite a bit. If you can't draw at all, like me, then it'll turn <laughs> out pretty ugly, but you'll still have a blast. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great yeah. place to go cool off for half an hour. But more than anything, it's it's just a lot of fun and and well worth your time.
1: And it's fun too because you can do it multiple times throughout the day because they have different character slots all throughout the day. They're doing different characters and they'll normally have like a schedule right outside that lists out who they're doing and at what time. So you can kind of plan around that if there's one specific character you want or just drop on in and be surprised with who you get to learn how to draw. But yeah, it's a fun one for sure.
0: It is. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really. uh...
1: We always laugh. We always laugh through it. So it's always a good time.
0: Yep, yeah, I don't think there's been a day of California adventure where I've been there most of the day and haven't done this. This mm-hmm. is oh, al- it's always, always a it's always what do favorites. you want to do now? <laughs> and and then this is always at the top of the list. Yep. Um, uh, do you want my honorable mention? Since I took I yours, mean, you did take my yeah, moment. go ahead. Uh, also, honorable like mention
1: this. is the Redwood Challenge Trail right over there in the Grizzly Peak area. Um, it is very loosely, it's got an up kind of theme to it with the wilderness, explorers oh, sure. are kind of around, you can do, um, I think they've got like a task list you can do throughout it if you're a little kid, um, but it just really brings the California Redwoods to life, um, just a fun little kind of obstacle course that kids can kind of go play around in. A little similar to the Boneyard in that, but, um, on a larger scale and, um.
0: Maybe a little more adult. Yeah. Themed? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely no age limit here. I definitely, that. yes. And uh, there's a few more paths to explore, mm-hmm. a little more wide open, um, maybe less of a theme, but, but a fun place to walk around. And, and you yeah, it's just supposed to be like you're walking through the redwoods. Or, and it, it's really pretty.
1: Yeah.
0: It's uh, fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. All right, we'll go across the Pacific all the way to Tokyo Disney Resort. Uh, starting with Tokyo Disneyland.
1: All right, um, I'm going with food here. Okay. Um, if you not read, enough food. In yeah, this not enough show. food. Um, if you did not read the blog this week, you should go check it out. Andrew did a new post on the Tokyo Disney Resort, um, and one of the things that he did mention was the seafood pizza. And go look at the picture. It honestly doesn't look the most appetizing, but honestly, it's the best pizza we have ever had um it is delicious we think about it often um i when he first ordered it i was like you've got to be kidding me why are you ordering this this sounds so gross we're gonna be so sick and oh i dream about that pizza it's so good um yeah.
0: we all went back and ordered, and ordered and more <laughs> more because uh, right after tasting because we
1: started sharing it and we're like okay this is good yes Um, So yeah, I think that's a little underappreciated. Definitely not something that many tourists will go and get. No. Um,
0: But it's fantastic.
1: But yeah, it is great.
0: Uh, Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm I'm going with a weird one here and going with Pinocchio's Daring Journey. Uh, A ride that doesn't have a wait time no matter what park you go to, uh, whether it's Disneyland or Tokyo Disneyland. Um, But that one... This one looks better. It's uh, maybe a little better taken care of and uh, it's not quite so dark as the Disneyland version. This one, uh, either both both Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland, uh, they both are a classic dark ride style, kind of taking you through the story pretty quickly, putting you into the story and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this ride when we went on it, uh, in Tokyo Disneyland. Um, I thought, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, which uh-huh. is kind of a common theme at Tokyo Disneyland. It's just really, everything's so well taken care of there. Um, yeah, I, I really liked this one and was surprised at how, um, pretty it was. So, uh, there's... Much to like at Tokyo Disneyland. Um, but but this one stood out for some reason. Absolutely no weight when we went either. Yeah. Like uh, like no people in line. Yeah. It um, was fun. Yeah, it was. I really like the... A few honorable mentions. I really like the Swiss Family Treehouse here because um, it's the only place in the park that takes you uh, and and kind of gives you a picture of the broader city that you're inside of. You can you can see the skyscrapers off in the distance if you climb up on top of the treehouse and um, and it's. I don't really love being able to see outside of the park, but in that one instance, and I think it's done purposefully. It's it's really pretty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have another snack, I think. I
1: do have another snack. You can also get this in. Uh Disney Sea, but it's the uh, pork rice roll, delicious. I have talked about it before on here, um, but it's just rice rolled up in a thin layer of pork, and oh, it is so good.
0: Yeah, it is pretty good.
1: It's just a nice, savory, very filling snack.
0: Yes, it's great. All right, last but not least, we'll move on to Tokyo Disney Sea.
1: So I really wanted my answer for this one to just be everything because I just wanted to talk about everything because it's just such a great park. <laughs> but I know that that won't cut it. So and I'm not sure it's really like,
0: underappreciated.
1: It's not, but everything's just great. Um, this one's kind of I'm I'm just gonna throw this one out there. It might not really be that underappreciated, but I'm going with Mediterranean Harbor as a whole. It's the first land that you enter into when you go into Disney Sea, obviously. Uh, themed to the Mediterranean. Um, it is a beautiful, breathtaking view looking at that and then looking at the rest of the park as a whole. But I also feel like it's a space that people, because it's where you start in and then there aren't any attractions. So you're headed off into the, all the different areas to actually get on your ride or to get to the other land, to get onto Mount Prometheus or to get to the Arabian coast or other places that I kind of feel like the Mediterranean harbor can be a little forgotten at times that it's only revisited when um the shows are going on but then the attention is on the show and not the harbor itself but it's just beautiful and breathtaking and the colors are gorgeous and um yeah it's a beautiful place to walk through
0: yeah all the pastels are so mm-hmm. pretty even if you go um and are standing by mount prometheus and looking back at the harbor it's uh, it, it's so colorful and, and beautiful mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, one of many great lands in that park. Um, I'm going to go with the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge, Good which is in the American Waterfront at Disney Sea. It's in this big, uh, big ship right along the water. At at Disney Sea, the the ship is always docked there. It's not moving or anything. But there's a few things inside of it, including this lounge, which is uh, the prettiest lounge I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's, uh, themed to obviously Teddy Roosevelt and, and it's a, a bunch of like collectibles that Teddy Roosevelt would have. Some, a lot of, it's a masculine, uh, style with, with these dark woods and, uh, bear carvings into these woods and and there's like swords around and then pictures of his family and it's so strange that there's an ode to an American president inside of a theme park in Japan but it's pulled off just perfectly it's it yeah it's um, the type of lounge that I wish we had somewhere in Disneyland or Disney World because it would it would fit in so well with the Grand Californian or other um, other hotels or parks in that uh, in that style, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a perfect place to go sit and have a drink and and just relax and and take in all the details because there are so many of them that you can't even keep track. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a very masculine feeling, and but even then, it's just got just in the darker hues and the darker tones and yeah it's it's beautiful
0: yeah it is uh uh, i mean there's not a bad place to sit in the whole park but this is one of the best places Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. any honorable mentions here
1: um i also tossed around the idea of like the Mm -hmm. lost river delta um just in that kind of in that land it's kind of the back of the park Um, i'm sure more just indiana jones is thought of and just but that whole area is just nice to walk through. Very green and luscious and yeah, pretty.
0: River though, kind of. There's some bridges that go over the river. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very pretty. Um, I, as a whole, um, there are a few that I wanted to mention. Just uh, the I, what's the exact name? You, you might have to help me out. But like the child care centers, um, oh. that m- moms and, and young kids or toddlers or babies can go inside of. Uh, every park seems to have one and they are um, well worth your time if you if you have kids and are a little hot and just want out of the sun and a little bit of a break. Um, so utilize those. Um, and I've heard many people rave about them. Uh, likewise, every park has free water and that is... Um, it's, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't taste very good, like a Magic Kingdom. But any anywhere you go, if you ask for a cup of water, assuming they have fountain to give you water, they w- they will give you a free cup of ice water, and, mm-hmm. and that is um, something to take advantage of and and utilize. Um, yeah, the uh, I, I guess those are just two overall ones that that yeah. fit any park mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah i can't think of any others
0: all right well um i think that's it for this show yeah well uh we'll be back next week and uh i hope you had a wonderful thanksgiving and stayed safe and and yeah we'll talk to you soon stay tuned to wandering check out our etsy shop herald supply co and uh Yeah, we'll talk to you next week.
1: Yeah, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.